This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This programme was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio. So some items may be out of date. Phone-in elements of these shows are not available. But if you'd like to comment or give us feedback on our shows, you can tweet us at Love Sport Radio. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. Alternatively, you can find this and other podcasts on iTunes or Spotify using the keyword Love Sport. Evening, welcome to the Crystal Palace Fan Show on Love Sport London, joined by the Back of the Nest podcast. I've got James, DR and Nick in here with me. If you're Wolves fans, head over to Love Sport Radio. The Wolves Fan Show is on with Charlie Hawkins there. Uh, but if you fancy just listening to Crystal Palace, which I think is a much better idea, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, just stay tuned, stay here. You can get uh, Love Sport Radio online as well. Of course, if you want to switch over, DAB across London, we are though. 0208 70 258 Crystal Palace fans, if you've got an opinion, get in touch. You can also get us on at Love Sport Radio on all of the social media channels. Now, we were going to start by talking about Derby Palace, but I've just been informed the guys have not been on air since Jordan Ayew's wonder goal wow wow what a goal that was i have never stood open-mouthed after <laughs> a goal for about eight seconds staring <laughs> at me son before going completely do lally other than who was the fulham guy who scored a goal against us it was a wonder goal it's the second best goal i've seen at Sellers. the best <laughs> palace goal i've ever seen at Sellers. and i don't know what it is with jordan i but he doesn't look like he can do it, but the ball just sticks to his feet. It, it's weird, because that's the type of thing that you more associate with his brother, Andre, when he first mm. came on came onto the scene at Swansea, wasn't it? But, I mean, what what a goal. Exactly. It's, as Nick said, I've never celebrated a goal in that way. Normally, you'd think, oh, I'd go crazy, but I just stood there while everyone else was just falling over next to me and just... Did that happen? Did I just see that? <laughs> like, it was one of them goals, and, yeah, I mean, it was fantastic. But the thing about his... his players his ball control i think is very underrated he's so good with his footwork and it goes unnoticed at times it's because he doesn't do tricks and roulettes and all that he just straightforward knows where he wants to go gets there would you celebrate as much if it was zaha because it's more expected isn't it yeah i mean i don't think to be honest it's not really expected from anyone that type of goal <laughs> yeah <laughs> one we don't really score Me- goals Messi, Messi, yeah, maybe. yeah maybe yeah exactly it was a messy s goal um but we don't really score goals as much um, as the stats show this season. So I think that's why it was pretty much a surprise because there was option there where he could potentially pass the ball. But the way that he went for it and the chip as well. Wow. Problem is he's got to do it again now because we all know he can do it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I don't care how they go in as long as they go in. Exactly. But what's annoying is if it was messy, we'd still be watching it now, wouldn't we? That yeah. was a messy type of goal it because was. he set the standard now and he knows that what he's capable of and you know throughout this season he's improved since last season he's getting better and better he's getting more confident and that goal just basically epitomizes what he's done this season compared to last season and we all know 
he hasn't got the strength. He can't hold may, maybe hold the ball up as well as others, but he can certainly score a wonder goal. Two million pounds. What a bargain. <laughs> when Messi retires, I guess they've got his replacement ready anyways. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 you just mentioned how much he's improved this season. Do you think it's just a composure thing? Because the, the goal for me, yeah, the skill was great, but it was the composure to then take the time take a thought and then dink it. Yeah, he's got a lot more confident this season. I think he was much fitter as well at the beginning of the season. He's he's sharper, he's been on the ball, uh, he's been quicker. He's not been sort of... I, th- I felt last season, I don't know about the others, but I felt that he was a little bit shy, sort of, you know, would go missing in certain games. But he's been on the front foot from the first week and everyone at Palace has been so impressed. Uh, and I think that it is all uh, with strikers. It's, it's a confidence thing. He said in an interview after that goal that he wasn't in the best shape last season. And the fact that he had a full kind of mm. summer training with the squad. And, yep, that makes sense. And the fans are behind him. And I think that really does make a big difference. He's, he's the cult hero of Sellers. Do you, think, do you think there's any excuse for a player not to be fit though? Because they do train every day. I think it really depends on... Uh, we'll be talking about the derby game in a second, but it depends on the amount of games you play as well, in a mm. way. So it's not really him match fitness, but how is he handled in terms of his fitness by the manager? For example, is he playing lots and lots of games where he should take rest? Um, I think that considers a fact. You have to take that into consideration as well, whether he's fit or not. You just mentioned uh, the Derby game. Mm. We will go on to talking about that now. So we've had the positive bit. We yeah. all remember Pardew dancing in the final. Oh, wow. Uh, going out in the third round at home against a championship side, really, it's not really good enough, is it? I don't think it's the fact that we went out against the championship side. It's the fact that we went into the game so negatively and gave so much respect to Derby that it was just shocking to watch in a way. I mean, we previous game against Norwich, it was similar. I was at the Norwich game and... And understand we're playing away from home, so that was more understandable. But this derby game, we're at home. They are struggling in the championship. It's not like they're doing brilliantly, but we just sat back and we just let them kick the ball around. It was just shocking. Not for the first 10 minutes, though. I thought, well, the, the first 10 minutes, I thought, oh, this will be an easy game. And people are saying, oh, yeah, but Palace, you know, we had so many players out. Derby made nine changes. And they still played much better than us. And yeah. the championship side, that was embarrassing. But I think what happens is sometimes we do start off, like Nick said, we do start off pretty well for first or five minutes, ten minutes. But if things don't go our way, our way, we tend to go back in our shell. And I think that's something that Roy's got to address, actually, because it's clear that we were, on paper, the better team. But, you know, all by Wayne Rooney, who was pretty much running the show most of the game, which, which shouldn't have happened, because it's not as if we, we haven't done the research. We know what Wayne Rooney's like. Do you think it's hard for uh, you know for, for Crystal Palace going down to play against a championship side when Palace you know maybe don't play the most attractive football every mm. week all of a sudden being on paper like you said the better side it's a completely different mindset to the week in week out in the Premier League yeah. does that come into it? We we were rubbish against Colchester last season was that the League Cup or the FA Cup I can't remember and we, it was the we, League Cup and we lost against them and the season before when we beat Grimsby we only just scraped through 1-0 against 10 men that was Jordan Ayew scored in that goal as well his yeah. first game wasn't it? he cried <laughs> but, well, yeah, but that's the thing when you look at those games we ha- we don't change it about we still go with the same approach that we're the underdogs whereas these players if Roy trusted them more because they have got talent I mean when you look at as I think you said it James as you said these players on on a the pitch they, they are talented it's not like Derby have a better squad than us so it's about the manager giving them belief for them to go out there and say that look you can go pressure them go at them don't just sit back it was just so negative in a way that I was so shocked. I was like, this can't be happening once again. We have to change it about. As you said, Colchester, Grimsby, these teams, we have to be dominating them. There's no excuses for a club like Palace. I understand mm. we're not the best team in the Premier League, but we still got more than decent enough squad and decent players to be in the front foot. I feel there is a bit of a trend with Roy, unfortunately, and this is probably the the one bit of negativity that I don't like. Um, and he's done a great job and we're doing really well. But he doesn't seem to uh, get a grip of things during a game uh, right. sometimes. And, you know, if there is a weakness or a bit of negativity or the, you feel like a substitution needed, he, he sort of delays things and he, he needs to ponder it. And, and he doesn't, he's not, I mean, I remember when he was at England, you know, he was one that would just sit in his dugout and remember that famous loss against Iceland. Yeah, yeah. He wouldn't move. He didn't bring on a sub. <laughs> he just, he just stuck, he, he sort of stuck 
by glue to his chair. And I think that's a problem with Roy. He's tactically brilliant. Uh, I'd say he's, he's, he's pretty good. Uh, maybe not brilliant, but he's pretty good. Mm. And he can set a team out and he knows how to deal with players and he knows how to set system, systems. But if things don't go to plan in the first 10 minutes, I worry because I don't think he has a plan B or C um, to change things that quickly. Right, so you're saying that he's good going into the game, setting mm. up to play against teams, normally gets it right, but when he doesn't, the, the, he doesn't have that nous to he be flexible. He, tr- he struggles with making a decision, right. that's my opinion. He struggles with making the decision and he struggles with adapting to circumstances that are happening on the pitch. And obviously, if the team or players are struggling or need a bit of a, a kick you know, <laughs> up the backside or whatever. Don't be saying that to Milivojevic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but I, that, that's, that's, that's just, just, just worrying. And that's something that I think I've sort of observed from, from, from watching him as a manager. Is that something that is going to hold Palace back from the next level? Because Palace are an established Premier League side now. This year, doing very well. I know that there are a few people who tip them to be a lot closer to the relegation zone than they are, up in ninth in the league, doing really well. Is it that tactical flexibility that's holding Palace back from maybe being like a Wolves and trying to push up to that sixth, seventh sort of spot? 100%. I mean... With Roy, look, I don't want him out of the club. I still think he's a decent manager. And as you said, going into the season, there was so much negativity in terms of Wilfred Zaha losing Aaron Wan-Bissaka. And many of us didn't expect to be in this position. Well, I didn't anyways. I thought that we'll survive, but we'll be in a relegation battle. Whereas if you look at this season, even when we went through the hard run of fixtures, we still haven't ended up, we haven't been looking down. And I feel like that has been a success. But in terms of going on to the next level, we need to have a manager that... As James said, we need, um, have a better man, man management and game management, which Roy doesn't have. But saying that, I still would keep him at the job because I still feel like he hasn't warranted to be sacked and he has done a fairly decent amount of job. He's in the, I won't say twilight, say more like dusk. It's a little bit darker <laughs> than twilight yeah. of his career. Um, and I've seen it mentioned on social media that he will only go and use established players. He doesn't want to take risks with younger players. Mm. Um, DR mentioned Aaron Wan-Bissaka there. The only reason he's at Man United is because Joel Ward was injured and he got the chance mm. to to come on. Now, we've got other players that can come through. We've got um, Pierrick, who started for us. Yeah. Looked very, very good. Would it take a younger manager to bring the younger players through? Braver manager, maybe. It's, it's not even the fact of younger players. It's the fact that some players don't perform as well and he will still continue to play them because that's who he likes. And I feel like that sends a negative message to the rest of the players. So if you got favourites, then why should the players in the training ground be motivated as they know that you're not going to select them, i.e. Max Meyer? I know he has played recently, but up until one or two weeks ago, he wasn't involved at all. So you, you need to realise that these players are humans and they need to be motivated. When you have a manager who just has a favourite eleven and is not going to give opportunities to the player that doesn't fit his system, then it is demotivating. And I feel like it has affected our squad in a way. Kamarasa only seen five minutes of Premier League football this season. He isn't a bad player. Well, anyways, what we saw from Cardiff, but he still doesn't get the chance. I, I think... Going back to your original point, I don't think we will go to the next level. I would, I would have liked to think of us as pushing top ten, possibly, you know, maybe that Europa <laughs> spot. Whether or not that's a good thing or bad thing is another yeah. another debate. But, but no, I think he's a safe pair of hands. I think he will keep a club in the Premier League. Um, but ultimately, it's going to be, you know, the same old Roy, the same old players, no risks. Yeah, you'll win some, you'll lose some. At the end of the day, you know, it's. It's safe. It's a safe pair of hands, and that's it. Before we head to the break, uh, the red card, Milivojevic, what did you think? VAR, the first time uh, a Premier League referee or an English referee has gone over and used the monitors. Michael Oliver went and used it. It had to be Oliver, didn't it, to, to take the <laughs> yeah. reins and use it first. I mean, for me, it was a red card, yeah. but it's, un- it's you know without VAR, it would have been a yellow, wouldn't it? Yeah, I was surprised at the yellow, in, in all honesty. I mean, maybe the yellow was given as the VAR is ready in play because where I was sitting it clearly looked like a red card mm. but I like the way that they went to the monitor I know it took a bit of time but if the referees go to the monitor from the get-go and doesn't speak to VAR and all that delay then I feel like it'll work much better at the end of the day the referee should make the decisions with everything and 
it keeps the referee in control of the game, not some bloke in Stockley Park or wherever it is exactly. who is undermining the referee with their decisions. Well, it was actually the guy in Stockley Park who said the ref needs to look at it. They weren't willing to make the decision. It's it's crazy how VAR's working at but the it, moment. But if it's not clear, then it, sh- it shouldn't have been a red card then, really, should it? But then, as, I suppose, if going back to the World Cup, when all of the referees went mm. to the monitor at the side of the pitch, I thought that went really well, yeah. that, that World yeah. Cup. And it worked very, you know, and, and I think that's how they should have done it from the start of the season. But... Um, I don't know. I, I didn't go to the. I watched it. I t- sort of watch it, and I, I was like, I still felt it was. I don't know if he actually did. He actually headbutt him. It didn't look like he actually headbutt. It was him. the kick out as well. Yeah. Wasn't so, it? But I thought it was both. I thought both of them were having a go, it, and I thought it was. I thought two yellows. The, I would have. The way I saw yellows. it was Huddleston yeah. was sort of like it was almost like a little playful little, little mm, kick. It wasn't. Mm. Whereas the Milivojevic was more of a stamp the way right. he kicked out, and then he went for the headbutt. I feel like. I've just thought about it now, but it seems like it's Luka Milivojevic's frustrations as well because he hasn't been on form recently. And normally, yes, he is a captain and he normally keeps a cool head. And when Wilfred Zar goes off, he's the one to go there and calm things down. But the fact that Luka has done this, and I, haven't, I can't think of the last time he's done something like this, it kind of shows the frustrations due to his performance as well, which hasn't been on par with what he's used to. Up next, we'll get uh, Palace legend Jeff Thomas's opinion on this. Uh, at the moment in the League Cup semi-final, Leicester nil, Aston Villa nil. And in the new biggest news of the day, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex have said they plan to balance their time between the UK and the United States. That means that Harry and Meghan are going to be stepping back as senior members of the royal family to work to become financially independent. This is the Crystal Palace fan show on Love Sport Radio. It's 8.17. We've all got one, and we're not afraid to put it on display. Our opinions, that is. Share yours now at Love Sport Radio on Twitter, or call us 0208 70 20 558. Love Sport Radio, your fan station. Miles Blumsom here for the Crystal Palace Fan Show, joined by the Back of the Nest podcast. Reminder of the big news story, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex say they plan to balance their time between the UK and the US. Uh, That means that they're both going to be stepping back as senior members of the royal family, working to be financially independent. Now from Buckingham Palace to Crystal Palace. I've nicked that, I'll be honest, that wasn't mine. Nick (laughs) gave gave me that line and I loved it, so I had to do it. Still nil-nil in the League Cup semi-final as well, Leicester Aston Villa. We're joined on the line to talk about the the uh, Palace loss against Derby County in the FA Cup by Crystal Palace legend Jeff Thomas. Jeff, how are you today? I'm very good, Miles. Very good. Great. Uh, what did you make of the game on the weekend? Well, I've got to be honest, I didn't see the game, but I heard the match report. It's sad that, um, you know, we didn't really go for it. Um, the sign was struggling with trying to get a, a 50-11 out there. But um, the FA Cup's a bit special. Um, it's a disappointing result all round. The, the, the thing is, I, I thought I was really looking forward to see how we do without Wilf because we know that the day will come when uh, Mr Zaha is not with us anymore. Mm. Um, and we lacked a, a bit of the let's give it to Wilf and he'll do something with it, which has kind of been a bit of our default position. So I was hoping that the rest of the team might pick up the pace a bit. Um, what, what do you do if your star player's not there? I mean, how do, how do the rest of the team react? Do they, do they feel like, oh, we're, we're going to struggle because we haven't got our best player? You know, I, I think history shows that the results are far better with goals in the side. And there's no getting away. When you, you've got such quality and it's lacking, you know, the, the, the side's obviously going to be... Um, a weaker for that. You know, I, I only can go back to when I was playing alongside Ian Wright and there was a number of games where he was injured and um, or there was talk of him going elsewhere. And, you know, but fortunately we had players around him uh, that came in and uh, sort of stepped up, uh, you know, and, and that's really the, what's been lacking at Palace. It, it, the squad is weak. Roy's been saying this for a number of weeks and a number of months, in fact. And I think, you know, January's probably not the best time to go out and get players, but it definitely needs strength in the squad. You know, they're doing ever so well. The results in the league are fantastic. For, uh, I think they're overachieving, to be honest. Yeah, Jeff, uh, hi there. Um, there's been, you know, some 
some criticism of, of Roy uh, being a little bit negative in in certain matches or maybe most matches. Yeah. Um, and I, I, my opinion is he's a safe pair of hands, but I don't think he's going to set the world alight. I don't think he's going to particularly get us into the Europa League or, or anything major. Um, do you think we should be looking uh, to find somebody maybe for you know in the next season or so, um, or? Would you say we just keep Roy as long as he wants to sort of work until he retires? What do you think? And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Um, my opinion, again, from experience, I've played underneath Graham Taylor at Wolves and they got rid of him and the, the club took a little bit of time to recover. I think sometimes you don't realise what you've got until it's gone. Um, I think what Palace could do, which I think Wolves should have done when I was at Wolves, was <clears throat> put um, Roy upstairs and take leadership up there and sort of be advisory role and, you know, look at uh, players around Europe and give his, his views on different players that, to strengthen the side because um, I don't know what the situation is money-wise, but I know that there's massive plans regarding uh, building the, a new infrastructure to obviously update a, a, a very old sort of stadium. And it's, it's always that balancing act to where the investment goes. And I think, you know, if you're going to attract good players, you need good facilities and, you know, um, and be pushing for, like you say, that top six, top eight places. But uh, like I say, I think Palace are doing all right. I think Roy's doing okay. And I do hear the frustrations from the home fans in particular where uh, they don't seem to change the style of play. It's suited to, to play away from home. And... Um, uh, I think we've got the ability with the likes of uh, Zaha, you know, uh, Zaha and what have you. But it's, I always look back to players like Ben Teki. You know, if he was firing all cylinders, that, that guy has got the making of, of being the player who was at Aston years ago. I think the, the the problem with Christian is he is a very good player, but we don't play to his strengths. We've, we've, we used to be known, especially when you played and you had uh, mm. Eddie McGoldrick running down the wing, whipping it in, or you had John Salako on the other wing running down, whipping it in. We've always yeah. been known for playing like that, but not the last few years. So I think the, the problem with Christian Benteke is our style of play doesn't suit him. And because we build ourselves around Wilf so much... That makes that yeah. very difficult. What I was going to ask you, it's no secret that the American owners want a way. So I think that's going to be our problem with the transfer window is that they're not going to want to put money in if they're not going to see the fruits of it. But of course, all right, we've got the points now, but it doesn't take much to slip down the table. Is there a danger that if they don't invest, they'll actually got, get a lot less than they want for selling their share of the club? It must be a diffi difficult balancing act. Yeah, and I think there's so many clubs like this in the Premiership. There's only the, the top few that um, are in a position where they feel comfortable. But the rest are, are in the similar sort of situation. Um, I would, you know, I, I know Steve Parrish really well, and he's a massive Palace fan, and he tries to do the best um, with the club um, and what resources he does have. And I think it, it, things just need to... And I think they've got, in short, I do think they've got the best man in charge at the moment with what's going on with Roy Hudson. I think he's he, he sort of steps back from all the noise about 
the frustrations about fans and this and the other and about the, the the market, the sort of players he can attract to Palace at the moment. But he's doing such a great job. That's what I keep going back to. He's doing such a fantastic job at the moment. I've been asked to ask you a question um, by a friend Razor's Edge from the Palace Comrades Forum. Uh, he said, thank you very much for all the charity work you've done. Keep going and you're a legend for that. He was talking about the season we finished third. How do you think we'll ever get to a position where we can do that, or are the other t- again, or are the other teams just too good now, and it's just going for that fifth, sixth, seventh place now? What I do get to the feeling from the Crystal Palace side every time I see them play is that tremendous togetherness. And we saw a couple of years ago with Leicester, they surprised everybody um, to win the league. But for them to end up near the top of the the table they needed the bigger guys to sort of beat each other and I think that's that's what happened that season and for something like that to happen again Crystal Palace it's you know when I was playing there we had the likes we had a fantastic sport people forget it was like um, it came from nowhere really there were a lot of players that came from uh, lower leagues or were, were dismissed at other clubs and they all seem to work together. And sometimes you have to be, be fortunate. You know, I think Steve Popple, Ron Knowles had an eye for certain characters. And I think they sort of built the team on characters and it bear fruit with the, the quality of like Ian Wright and the likes of John Slark, a little bit of flair added to, you know, the, the players like who give 100% every week, Mark Bright, Andy Gray and that. He, we just worked. A little, um, a little bit like the crazy gang mentality. Sorry? A bit, a bit like Wimbledon's crazy gang mentality back in the day. Well, yeah, I'd, I'd like to say we had a bit more class than that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but um, I, I think there is that team spirit there that you, you can't fault. And I think it, it, it just it is crying out for to be added to if Crystal Palace are going to make it, you know, the strides forward that I'm sure all the supporters want. Uh, there's been a goal at uh, the King Power. Le- uh, Aston Villa have just taken the lead in the League Cup semi-final first leg. Ball whipped across by El Ghazi and a lovely run and tapped in at the far post. Very good goal there for Aston Villa taking an away goal as well. Do we still do away goals? I'm not sure in the League Cup. <laughs> I don't. I, I gave up when we got knocked out. So yeah, I I, I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> we, we might do. Anyway, Dio, you had a question. Yeah, just quickly talking about transfers and Wilf. Um, there were reports suggesting that he might be linked with a move to Bayern Munich um, but possibly in the summer do you think that it would be right for him to move abroad or do you think he should stay in England and uh, move to one of the big clubs here it, it depends on Wilf doesn't it I think mm. as uh, probably experience something different a different league might do him good mm. um, for what you have to ask the reason for what and you've Wilf's got everything there in front of him he, he'll have choices when the, the time is right for him to move on, you know, I'm like every other Crystal Palace fan. I'd, I'd love him to just sort of settle down and his agent sort of go on holiday for quite a long time, <laughs> you know. And But um, when you are, you are that quality, then everybody's going to be after you. And I think um, his move to Man United was too soon in his career. It, it proved to be too big, and I think he accepts that. He came to back to somewhere... Uh, where he was loved, and I think now is he strong enough mentally and physically enough? Uh, he's definitely skilled enough then to go abroad. He might be, he might be just is he ready for that sort of um, challenge? It's all down to him. He, he, I'm sure he's got all the top sides after him when it, you know, the time's right. Jeff, thank you very much. Jeff Thomas there, Crystal Palace a legend. Uh, the goal in the League Cup semi-final scored by Frederick Guibert, the uh, right-hand-sided player for Aston Villa, taking the league and a potential away goal advantage if they still do that. I'm going to look that up in the break. Uh, up next, we talk transfer. Zaha's been uh, in the news a lot. We've got uh, links with Carl Walker-Peters. Chenk Tossen's move looks like it might be dead, though. We'll go into all of that just next. It's half past eight. This is Love Sports. From Ali to Zaha, we've got it covered. Love Sport Radio. 
Currently 1-0 in the semi-final of the League Cup. Aston Villa beating Leicester at the King Power Guiba with the goal after about 27 minutes. This is the Crystal Palace fan show, though, on Love Sport Radio. My name is Miles Blumson, joined by the Back of the Nest podcasters Nick Gillard, DR Kernaz and James Howard. Time to talk about transfers. If you're a Rangers fan, by the way, Love Sport Radio is where you need to be. The Rangers fan show is just kicking off with uh, Charlie next door. Uh, transfers. For as for Crystal Palace, sorry, there's there's been there's been a lot of rumours with Crystal Palace. Actually, some yeah. clubs have been quite quiet. I feel like Palace has been one of the louder clubs, mainly for one player. Of course, Wilfred Zaha. He's linked with Bayern Munich. He's linked with Spurs, and he's linked with Chelsea. Apparently, his agent is trying to manufacture the move to Spurs. Would you rather he went to Spurs or Chelsea? Would you rather he went overseas so he doesn't have to come back and score against Palace later in the season? I, I would rather he go somewhere where we can get players in exchange. Because right. that's, our, that's what we're going to struggle with. And everyone knows that January is not the greatest of windows to mm. do deals with. Robert Lewandowski and David Alaba then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Plus so, 50 million. <laughs> so I, I thought Chelsea might have been the best bet because they've got quite a few players that, that we could probably, you know, we've had Batshuayi, Ruben Loftus-Cheek. You know, we know they're quality players. They've played for us. Possibly there might be some, some angle there we can get Lampard to ship them out to us. But um, but yeah, I'm 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 I would rather him stay. To be honest with you, you don't want any of the Deadwood at Spurs, then Eric Dyer. Uh, n- not Spurs. <laughs> but I mean, I think. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, yeah. As um, James said, there's a couple of good players at Chelsea, and I would personally like him to move abroad because I want to see how he does in a different league and also Bayern Munich. I mean, they are a big club and. Of course, they'll be competing in the Champions League. So yeah. it'll be good to see how Wilf does there. And in terms of the Chelsea um, rumours, I think there was a report a couple of days ago which suggested that they've actually withdrawn their interest due to Zaha's wage demands. So uh, it's the wage demands and the transfer and the transfer fee as well, of course, is going to yeah. be massive to get him in January. Uh, yeah, I think and it, and it kind of makes sense because you look at Chelsea this season, they've got units on the Frank Lampard and it seems like only two players are, are earned the same what Zaha wanted. So, of course, if you went in there and start earning that much, uh, the rumour was around 200000 a week. Would he not be the marquee signing, though? Would you not think he should go in and be on one of the highest wages? Yeah, personally, I do. But if you're looking at the Chelsea squad and some of the Chelsea players, they might say that, well, we've been playing good, so why can't we be on the same wages? So I guess that's why they've withdrawn the interest. I don't know. That was a report anyways. We'll see what happens. But um, the other rumour today, I think, or yesterday, was that Bayern Munich wanted him on loan. Which right. is weird because what? <laughs> on I mean, personal, we want eight million. I, don't, I just think that's just all the top. Most of the top players come to England to play their football, uh, and barring you know three or four you know decent clubs in Germany, you know it's a little bit like the Scottish league. You know, sort of, <laughs> uh, the competition isn't always there, and and the exposure isn't there. So I just think for him, it's a waste of talent going over there. So you, you think it's might, just? It's... I suppose Bayern Munich. Yeah, they are a big club, and they'll get into Champions League and possibly the last eight, last four. But I don't know. I just be. A, I just think on a personal front, if I was Wilf in his shoes, I would be wanting to stay in England. You think it's the league for the younger players to go and sort of make their name instead of established players to go and, and forge a legacy? Mm, I think yeah, so. Yeah, um, I understand that. I mean, it probably, I guess Wilf would want to stay as well in London. I, th- I mean, it will be positive. But I just personally, me personally, I would like to see him at Bayern Munich to see what he does abroad. We're definitely clipping that mmm later, James. <laughs> um, you, you mentioned Robert Lewandowski. Um, yeah. Too old. I've written down here. Too old. Too old for Crystal Palace. Our squad is what? so old. We need. To, I'm, I'm being flippant, but we need to reduce the age of our squad. You we need just, to get I'm the sorry. So you're happy, you with, you're, you're happy <laughs> with Jordan Ayew up front, not Lewandowski. Yeah. If, wait. No. You'd rather have Conor Wickham. No, I'd rather <laughs> have a younger version. But we do need to reduce the age. Yeah. Of the, but, the average age but of the you squad. Can't, you can't criticise a club for getting Gary Cahill in, can you? No. But yeah, that's that, the thing. I was. I was anti that to be honest with you somebody he's a good said and i thought oh he's getting on you know he's getting on but actually i'm absolutely as pleased as anyone that we've got him because he's he's done so well but i think he does make a point and you look at all the rumors it's suggesting that we're um in for players that are under 23 and, uh, and under because you look at Tosson, i think he's the odd one out and there was another player i forgot his name most players that we've been linked with seems like they are young and they've got potential and i feel like the club are doing that on purpose due to the fact that as you said we've got agent squad and I think it was Fulham fans that said it the one negative uh, 
that with Royce when he left there was the fact that they had such an aging squad and it became a problem. And I feel like Palace don't want to be in the similar position, so it makes sense. Do you yeah. think Zaha's definitely going in January? No. How, how much for? I, I, he's not going in January. I, I don't, don't think, think so. No. No. It's Maybe summer. the summer. Yeah, it seems like it. I think the reason that we're hearing Bayern in the newspapers and on the press coming in for a loan is because no one else out there is prepared to pay the money that we want for him. And it's kind of like, well, Wilf, if you, that's, that's your best bet at the moment. Yeah. Is, is on loan in Bayern, Bayern Munich on loan. Do you really want to do that? Because there's no, no one else is coming in. And you know, they know, we're club want 80 million for him. Do you think he's worth 80 mil? I don't. No, not at all. How he much? to us. Do you think he's worth 80 I million? I think he's worth I don't 80 think million. Anymore. I'm not so sure he is. I feel like many Palace fans are turning. <laughs> like, no, yeah, just to say, they yeah, are turning to season. your opinion. I feel yeah. like some value Wilf less but I still think he's worth 80 million to us but I don't oh, see God. any other club coming and I don't think it's a realistic price in all honesty the chances he's missed in front of goal 80 million pound players put those chances away every week I, it's, uh, it's 80 like, million <laughs> now isn't 80 million isn't what 8 million was though when you think about you think about it Harry Maguire's gone for 80 million he's not done a lot at mm. Man United 80 million now is what 200 million was three years ago yeah I'm, I, I stand by what the club values him as I don't want to sell him in the first place and I feel like 80, if we can get 80 million for Wolf then that would be amazing but realistically I don't see any other club coming and paying us 80 million for Zaha and yeah the reason we will get 80 million for him is because we will get Batshuayi and Ruben Loftus Choice. Uh, Ruben, Ruben Loftus Choice. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's Ruben Loftus Cheek's brother. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't say Ruben Loftus Road, oh, which would yeah, be right, even yeah. worse, wouldn't it? Yeah, right. uh, you can tell I haven't been in the studio yeah. for a few weeks. <laughs> 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 another, another player linked with leaving is Christian Benteke. Uh, if Palace can sign another striker, apparently potentially going back to Aston Villa. It's a weird one, Benteke, because like we've mentioned. Uh, on the show Palace don't really play to his strengths however he looks like a player who's not going to score a goal for another four years you won't get much money for him but if you get any would you take it? I, I still think my valuation of Benteke in, in the summer was around £15 million to club abroad because I honestly didn't expect the club from England to come for him but to Villa I would not sell him for anything below £15 million. I still feel like yes we don't play to his strengths but there's a chance they could go to Villa and start scoring goals and we would look absolutely like idiots yeah (laughs) yeah i'd I'd want to keep christian benteke because i do think he does make a difference when he comes on all right he's not as good at holding the ball up as glenn murray but he does do that and he allows other players to come into the game more he's and the older he gets the more intelligent he's getting with his play it's not all about scoring goals yeah um, players you've been linked with though Crystal Palace are linked with Carl Walker-Peters on loan from Tottenham young mm. right back you said about bringing the average age of the squad down that'll help what's he like you're a Spuds fan uh, thank you <laughs> um, interest, he's a weird one because a few games at the start of the season he started looked really really good yeah. he looked like a very good player against Bayern Munich he looked well out of his depth and in some of the other opportunities he got I know Bayern Munich are a top side but he's looked like he struggles a little bit he's quite small he's skinny he's not the strongest took a little bit too long on the ball but he's a young player he's got a lot to learn lot to improve he hasn't really ever had a run of first team games if he can get that under his belt he's quick and at the start of the season he did look, look very very good and he's got quite a few Premier League assists I think he's got, got three or four against Leicester at the end of last season for Spurs yeah. I don't think he'd be the worst signing he's not marquee but in terms of getting bodies in and getting extra numbers through the rest of the season he's not a bad shout yeah. maybe a different environment will help him as well in a way but I- just quickly going back to right back point, I still feel like it's just shambolic that we're in this position in the first place. I mean, let's say Joel Wood was still fit, we needed to sign a right back in the summer. And the fact that the board haven't really trusted Roy Hodgson in terms of transfers is a joke because the man has kept us up and that is what they want. And we are sitting ninth place. But Roy Hodgson has continuously said, leading up to this transfer window, that he needs players, he needs players, he needs players. And I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a coincidence. He's putting a message out there because they clearly aren't backing him. And I just, I just don't understand it. How can you not back a manager who has proven to, to you guys, to the board, that he can, he can do a decent job at the club? It makes you wonder why other managers have left suddenly, doesn't it? And it's not only that, why Roy Hodgson has signed a contract extension. In, in December, they were talking about it. They were saying how Roy Hodgson is going to sit down with Steve Parrish. Nothing has come out. And I don't blame him. If he walks away, then you know what, Roy? 
you have 100% you have a point there because you haven't been backed enough and it seems like the club are just putting you... You, you knew Roy was annoyed because he called him Steven in a press conference, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, and he called out the American owner, which the club actually put down the, uh, put down the video, which uh, went up on the website because of what he said about American owners and said that he's begging them basically to go and spend money. So it is not a good position. And if Roy does end up leaving the club in the summer, don't be surprised. If Roy gets backed, what positions do you think should be the priority now to sign? This is what he said. He said he needs ideally two strikers and fullbacks. And 100%, that is the position that we need. We've only got one outright left back in Patrick Van Arnold, one right back in Joel Ward. And strikers, we've seen what happened. I mean, Jordan Knight, yes, he has been scoring goals, but we still need more depth there. Well, we got we got Connor Wickham that's coming back from injury and he yeah. scored a goal. So... Maybe How long stro- can he stay fit for? Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's the a problem. Thing. But but the, the okay. But we've got Ben Teke, we've got three three decent strikers now. So um, and then we have to re- remember that you know we bought Kamarasa and he just doesn't play him. So what player is going to want to come to us when they you know they're going to say oh well look, his mate at wherever Tottenham or wherever is going to say well look, hold on a second don't go to Palace because they've had Camarasa since the summer and he hasn't even played him. Don't go to Palace, you'll get injured. <laughs> or get injured. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's a I think we, we run the risk of not being a, a particularly attractive club to go to uh, at the moment and that's a bit of a worry. I think money talks as well. It depends on how much we offer. Yeah. Because nowadays, we all know how it works. Sometimes it's more about the money rather than playing time. So I guess if we can splash out the money and give them what they want, then they would want to join the club. Are you saying players are mercenary, dear? <laughs> it has changed. I, see, I, I look at it and I think that Crystal Palace is the type of club you'd want to play for. Every time you see... Any game at Selhurst Park is absolutely rocking. Mm. It's in London. The crowd will always be, will always be behind you. It's not a crowd that turns on the players very easily. Mm. Uh, it's it's the type of place, that, as a player, you'd go, I'd want to play in that atmosphere. As an attacker, though, I wouldn't want to join Palace. If I actually watched Palace, I honestly wouldn't because we play too defensively. I mean, we put... Even Wilfred Zaha, sometimes he's in our own box defending and it's, it's not, it doesn't help the attackers in a way. I mean, the one player that I would love to have is Michu Batshuayi and because he, he, he has worked under Roy Hodgson. We didn't create more chances when he joined the club, but he can finish him off. So that's the only one player that I would really love to have this window. I'd rather Ruben over Batshuayi. Ruben loves to cheat. I, I think he's, he's injured, isn't he? Yeah. And he's, I don't know when he's returning and how much time he needs to return back to 100% uh, full fitness. So I'm not too sure. Yeah. And, and the thing is, with the players we bring in, they have to be better than the ones we've already got, not just to stop gaps because we've got an injury crisis, because that injury crisis, touch wood, will be over, so those players will be back. Yeah. That's very true. Uh, up next, let's get the opposition point of view for the game. This weekend, Crystal Palace hosting Arsenal at Selhurst Park. Mark Mann Bryans will be joining us, correspondent for the Press Association on Arsenal. It's 8.46, still 1-0 to Aston Villa in the League Cup semi-final. This is the Crystal Palace fan show on Love Sport. Giving your team a voice. Love Sport Radio. The opposition view on Love Sport. It's time to get the opposition view on the Crystal Palace fan show on Love Sport London. If you want to hear the Rangers fan show, uh, change over to Love Sport Radio. This is Love Sport London, Crystal Palace fan show. Miles Blumsom here, joined by the guys from the back of the Nest podcast. And for the opposition view, we have Mark Mann, Brian's on the line, Arsenal correspondent for the Press Association, Crystal Palace hosting Arsenal at Sellhurst Park on Saturday, 3 o'clock, 3, 12.30 kickoff, is uh, it? Yeah, 12, yeah. 12.30 kickoff. Um, Mark, are you excited for the game? Palace are not an easy team. How are you feeling about Arsenal under Arteta? Because it looked great against Man United. First half against Leeds, it was pretty bad. And it made you think, how good are Arsenal or how bad are Man United? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think everyone knows Arsenal aren't on the tip once were, and that's, um, that's a bit of an understatement. I think, in a strange way, Monday's result, Monday's victory, told you more about what Mikel Arteta's trying to do there in the sense that he got them at half-time by the sounds of it gave them, a, them all an, an all rollicking that, that actually then you know spurred them on to get a result earlier in the season and under Emery last year it was them fading but I clearly said what he had to say and already has that command over a dressing room so I think in that way in a strange way that was that was more important to see long term than the win against Manchester United 
tactically, what can we expect different um, from what we saw last time around when Arsenal won the Emery, now under Arteta? That's a good question. There might be some tactics. <laughs> 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 I think um, that's a bit harsh, but he, um, I think he, he's, he's trying to implement a pressing game. Whether the players are fit enough or capable enough to do it for 90 minutes, I'm not so sure. I think they will be better and harder to beat away from home. It's obviously been their Achilles heel for quite a while now. Um, but but obviously Palace Palace are fancy their chances against a team with such a, a wretched away record really. Especially think back over the last few years, they've not done well at Sellers Park, have they? So if if you were to uh, be forced to give advice to Roy Hodgson about how Palace should set up against Arsenal, what would you say to him? Uh, that's a good question. I'd say don't don't play a high defensive line because I think away from home, especially if Pepe likes Pepe, obviously if Bamiang will play. There's just pace galore in that in that front line that, that can break at you, and um, I think that'll be there. That'll be the way they'll try and break down the Palace defence. So, you know, Roy, Roy, I'm sure, you know, will, will have watched that and will be aware of that. But again, you know, it's, it's a home game for, for Palace. You know, they've, they've got to be on the front foot, but just be, be wary of that pace in behind, really. Yeah, I'll, I'm hope, hoping that we press you as well, you know, and try and sort of get on the front foot because um, I think there's still some. You're still a bit fragile at the back. Um, but, you know, on the other hand, I can see Roy being quite defensive um, and thinking, well, we've got to respect it, respect them. It's Arsenal, like he has done with Man City and other teams. So I'd like to think that we'd have a go and I think we would have a chance. Um, so I think on balance, it's, I'm sort of 50-50 over it at the moment. But um, it's it's maybe you've had that initial bounce with the new manager and, Perhaps the first half against Leeds showed that there's obviously a lot more work that Arteta needs to do. Uh, and, you know, Leeds could have been 2 or 3 nil up first half. And if Palace have a good first half on Saturday and we take our chances like Leeds didn't, um, you could be you could have lost the game by half time. But who knows? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, there's that, there's that confidence issue as well with Arsenal, isn't it? I mean, everyone knows they're easy to get out of the back. And I think if Leeds had have scored, heads have started to drop in recent weeks. So, months in fact and if if Palace can get that early goal you know first 15-20 minutes you know it's very anti-Roy Hodgson isn't it but if they go for it a little bit in that opening stages and manage to get one then you know there's there's every chance that'll happen again and Arsenal chasing a game with that defence and the midfield that they've got at the moment you wouldn't give them a chance really So is is that going to be our only chance of beating you to to get the early goal to get your heads down do you think? Um, I think so I think like I said we were just saying then Monday night they seem to grow into games at the moment and, and second half of Monday night I actually thought they played really well. Um, I can't repeat what happened at the Emirates whereby if they get ahead like they did that they they let it slip in quite such a, a strange manner you know with, all eyes will be on Granite Xhaka when he plays I'm sure but um, you know they, they were so bad at the back that day having taken and I think they were tuning up in 10 minutes weren't they but I can't see that happening under Arteta I think he's already managed to in, impose a bit of steel on that squad yeah, I think the best chance Palace have got is to is to get at them early. It seems like during this short time there, he's built up a good relationship with the players like Ozil and Torreira, and it seems like they're playing one of the best uh, football so far this season. Um, how important do you think that is as a manager to make sure you have the players on your side? Well, it's massive, and I think you know any manager that went in after Emery was going to have the, the advantage of not being Unai Emery. You know, the, the players were had enough basically and weren't really playing for him. But to be honest, Jumberg had a crack, but I think we all know that was only going to be interim. But not only is he, is he, he's not Emery, he's also someone that a couple of those players have played with before. He's, a, he's someone who's respected by them, I think, someone who's on a level with them. You know, he's, he's a 37 year old guy at the end of the day who, who's just starting out in his managerial career. But to be able to command the respect of players like Abamyang and, and David Louise, who've, who've won things in particular, of course, but he seems to be doing that. So at the moment, everything seems. To be okay, I'm, you know, you're two or three bad results away from a crisis at any club at the moment, aren't you? But at the moment, he seems to be heading in the right direction for sure. He's been uh, described as quite an intense individual, which is why I think he's doing so well, Mark. Thank you very much for joining us. Mark Man Bryan's there, Arsenal correspondent for the Press Association, helping us talk about uh, Palace Arsenal at 12.30 on Saturday. Now, Myron Riedewald, uh, both injured against Derby. 
starting lineup. Who do you want to see in the side this weekend? How would you set up if you're Roy Hodgson? Um, just the 11 players that we've got fit played in because it seems like <laughs> we've got everyone else injured. I mean, as you mentioned, Maya and Rido, they seem like they picked up an injury. And honestly, I, I don't know who's available. <laughs> I just I, don't know. Yeah, I don't like... I don't like the thought of seeing players shoehorned into positions. I would, you know, if we need a left back, get one of the youngsters in and just play him at left back. Give right. it, give it a shot. Honestly, yeah. Um, came on, yeah. I would rather do that uh, and give it a go because you know, look at what we've done in the past. We've given young players a go and they they've they've gone on and now they're at Man United, etc. Yeah. So you know. We know it's Arsenal, it's going to be difficult, but let's just get the best 11 out there, but playing players that actually play in the positions and then you won't get the horrendous mistakes that you can get when forwards are playing at left-back or whatever. Does pierre <laughs> deserve to keep his spot? I think so, yeah. yeah. Um, he looked decent against Derby and we look at the injury crisis that we have right now, I think it'll be smart mm-hmm. to play him and not rush someone else back. Do you think it's a like-for-like like for Andros? Sort of, uh, yeah, yeah, in a way. Um, he's, he's he has pace as well in him. He's he's good technically. So yeah, I think he's a decent player. And it, these youngsters will want to prove themselves. And if you get them in against Arsenal, they're gonna want to do their best. And just quickly to wrap up, guys, score predictions for the Arsenal game on Saturday. Okay, I'll go one nil to Palace. Two one Palace. <laughs> 3-2 Palace. 3-2 Palace. Three <laughs> Palace wins. Guys, thank you so much. The first Crystal Palace fan show I've done. I've enjoyed it. We'll be back next Wednesday, same time, 8 o'clock. Uh, that's the guys from the Back of the Nest podcast joining me. Thank you. Uh, it's half-time in the League Cup semi-final. Aston Villa are still 1-0 up. Uh, just coming to the end of the Rangers fan show over on Love Sport Radio as well. This, of course, is Love Sport London. 0208 70 558 is our number. We'll be doing the Fulham fan show next. I'm Miles Blumson. This is Love Sport. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news, and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.